Um, here we are. It's uh, episode 100 of Sigma Sports Presents Matt Stevens Unplugged. Yes, I am reading this of a, a Google document. More of that in a moment. And to celebrate the 100th edition, um, I'm joined by the one and only, and it says here, only. Ned. I think, uh, you, I think I am the only. Ned only. Bolting. Uh, say hello, Ned. Hello, Ned. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Ned. Ned. Yeah. In all seriousness, we, we, yeah. um, this isn't on the Google Doc. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. No, that is... It, no, you're right. It's not on the Google Doc. I was just checking. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure. 100. Well done, Matt. Thank you. 100 is a big number. My first the first, my first experience of the Tour de France was the 100... No, that's not true. Ooh. That's not true. Awkward. Was the centenary Tour de France, which was actually the 93rd or something like that Tour de France. Oh, is that 100 years? Because yeah, the there's two... Yeah, yeah, 100 years, exactly. So I the first Tour de France I covered was the 2003 Tour de France, 100 years after 1903, which is the first ever Tour de France. And the centenary, no, that was the centenary Tour de France. The hundredth Tour de France was Chris Froome's first victory in, of course tw- it was. in 2013. Of course it was. We're going to get onto the tour in a bit because I've got a lot to ask you about the tour. Oh, uh, yeah. Really? Uh, not in an exam sort okay. of way, just in a fun <laughs> okay. in a fun sort of way. Look, Ned's yeah. now bowing his head and scratching I'm it. Not, well, I'm, we're both nervous because there'll be a Giro d'Italia element to this pod as well, won't there? There's gonna Which be I think some... we're both nervous about. Yeah, on, on the way down on the, on the train today, I uh, was messaging Ned um, and then messaged me back, which was great. That's how messaging works, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a to and fro, isn't it? Yeah, it's a process. Anyway, I received a message back, which thank goodness I did, otherwise I would have been shouting into the void or texting into the void. Um, and you come up with a lovely idea, more of which we'll later. talk about later. Later, later, later. But later, suffice to say, it made me feel ever so slightly nervous. Um, and me. But well, like, I, I wasn't nervous until you messaged me during this process of messaging <laughs> the to and fro to say, I'm nervous. And that instantly made me nervous because I thought, yeah. if Matt's nervous, then I'm nervous. Yeah. And we don't, when we commentate, and this loosely relates to commentating, doesn't yeah. it? When we, uh, yeah, of course. Um, um, I don't think we get nervous. Do you get nervous when you're commentating? You get focused. Yeah. Perhaps, and just a little bit, like, uh, yeah, focused, I think, and just kind of like, okay, you get your business face on just before you go on air. But I don't think you get nervous, do you? I think I get, because I do, when I'm with you, I'm, yeah. I'm the, the colour. The so you come in second. You're the second yeah. voice to come that, in. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, when I, I, and I'm less nervous, I, I get more nervous when I do the lead because you're essentially holding the programme together. You open it, have to do that in a certain way. And I think yeah. there's... There's a slight, there's slightly more pressure on a lead commentator. If I don't mind me saying, so in a I, funny way, so there I is. Get, yeah, I yeah. do get when I do Eurosport lead. Yeah, I do get a different feeling. Yeah, um, it's not, a, it's not that I'm laissez-faire when I'm working as a co-commentator. It's just a different feeling. No, you're but it's not more a different sense you're of, it's a different sense of focus. Yeah. Thing. I think you're quite right. Um, I don't know if people will be finding this interesting. I don't no, think. I think they go might. Go back be. to the Google Doc. So the Google Doc says brief, brief improvised intro chat. Well, done that bit. That was very good as well. Niall, this is absolute gold. This doc. So next bit in normal font is what are we going to talk about today? Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Ned's show. Ned's show. Yeah. Uh, this is bulleted, by the way. Yeah. Which has uh, happened. Which hasn't has it? Happened. It's been and gone. Yeah. And, and I, would, you I was came there. to see it. At Loughborough. I got backstage. Loughborough. I had a backstage Town. tepid beer. Yes. At the end. Yeah. Actually, uh, it was cold. I'd found a fridge. It Do you was actually. It was yeah. cold. Sorry. I promised you tepid beer, but actually, Loughborough was one of the better appointed backstage areas that featured a fridge. It did feature a fridge. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, um, did you have to? Bring that set. Was that part of your rider, or did you just happen to have a fridge in that dressing I room? I went to Tesco's. And you got one. Uh, oh no, not to buy the fridge. The fr- no, the, 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 you can't. You. 
But no, the fridge happened to be there. But oh, that's um, good. There is a huge variety of backstage area. I took 28 different theatres and the variety of... You know the the way they're appointed is oh, there's a huge. I'm it's like feeling another segment coming on, ranking the backstage areas. Oh, you would have loved that, Matt, <laughs> with your hair dryer reviews and all that. Oh. You know, because dressing rooms are just a world unto themselves, and like they're really idiosyncratic places. They're a bit like strange hotel rooms that we end up in, not just when we're covering bike races, but also when we're podcasting, as is evidenced so, here. So what? When we've got through the rest of these bullets, that yeah. t- uh, what we'll do, I'll get you, as I normally do. Oh, my God, I've scene. just seen the second bullet point. Yeah, History of the Tour de France, <laughs> which is basically relates to your show. Oh, I see. Yes, it so, does. So, yeah, uh, again, yeah. I've, as you can see, uh, yeah. for this particular pod, uh, I've, I've prepared nothing mm. apart from myself yeah. uh, and sort of prepared the location. Yeah. Um, Maybe we won't talk about that. But anyway, uh, your comments and questions. Oh, by the way, we've got. When I say your comments, I'm not uh, looking at you, Ned. Although I am looking at you. Well, I mean, you now are but the guests. Should, yeah, uh, the, the people who've sent in uh, questions. The to listeners, both. the listeners. The, yeah. yeah, the podsters. Yeah, uh, whatever they're called. Yeah. Uh, um, all of that is coming up after this intro music. <laughs> I love this. It's great. I love doing this live. Okay. You know it's that time again. Podcast. Since it's episode 100, why not get comfortable with 100 millilitres of tea? Which you probably could in this room. We've got a little tea and coffee making. Twinings is in front. Twinings, twinings every day. Twinings yep. every day. Mm-hmm. Rich and full bodied. And also got Twinings chamomile. Pure chamomile. And there's a picture of an air balloon with <laughs> yeah. a daisy on it, uh, emphasizing. The lightness. The lightness of it. Yeah. The lightness of deftness of touch, perhaps, yeah. of that particular uh, infused drink. Um, that's not very much. That's not very much tea, though, is it? That's what it says here. <laughs> He's gone it's back on the script. He's writing it. Uh, that, um, maybe 100 grams of biscuits. No biscuits in this room. No. Um, or what about 100 uh, of yes. Carlsberg Danish Pilsner? Yeah. yeah. Other beers are available. Yeah. I pop down. We're in Soho. We'll talk about that in a minute in more detail. But uh, just before the pod um, occurred, there was a change of scene. Um, we we're going to do it in a club. It was just too loud. Went to an off-license. Yeah. What a lovely off-license that was. Yeah. And I did bring things down a bit, didn't I? Well, to paint a picture, it's on, um, <laughs> it was on Great oh, Compton Street, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've been there before. It's an institution. I can't remember the name. And it's oak-panelled, isn't it? Beautiful it's glass gorgeous. cabinet displays. Basically, you go in there either to purchase extremely expensive, exclusive whiskies or, or, or beautifully curated wine. Yeah, from from mostly the old world wine. I doubt there's much new world wine there. No. I'm not thinking it's full of it's Argentinian Malbec. Yeah. I think it's old school. You know, your, your Bordeaux and your your Burgundies. Um, anyway, it would have been you know. And, but there's a fridge. Just go back to the fridge thing. Just inside on the left, and um, you just you just fished out two cans of Carlsberg. Three pounds I paid, Ned. Yeah, one pound fifty each. Which That's was not bad. But it was not. I was expecting to shell out just over five pounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. But there we go. Uh, there so we got one of those here. Yeah. Um, how many if you want, mate? But I know it's fine. Uh, or a cup of tea. <laughs> uh, although the kettle is worryingly too near to our tech setup, yeah. and I think the the pod could be just overtaken by steam, or they could fail. So maybe let's not do that. No. Um, the last little bit of this intro, uh, it's a long intro. This is this is an almost... Are we still in the intro? Never Stray's Far intro, okay. isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, well, the whole show's an intro with yeah, Never Stray's Far, is it? it? We never really get to the meat of the matter. Your pod, yeah. with Pete and Dave, reminds me of the credits that perpetually seem to come into TV shows in the United States. Like 20 oh, minutes in, yeah, yeah, yeah. produced by 
yeah. directed by, and then yeah. you're near the end of the show. But that's the that's yeah. how I feel the intros. But it just bleeds. It's just yeah. one big intro, isn't it? It is. It is. Yes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in a but not in a bad way. It's just well, I, thank you. Not in a bad way. Yeah, no, it's not bad. No, no, I didn't mean to point, <laughs> no. use the word bad. It's just, no, it's just, it's it's just it's an loose. intriguing... Um, I mean, it's one of framework. What Pete Kenyuk's favourite words is loose. That's it. And it's loose. It's it's loose. loose. I think his, his addition has brought it to another kind of level of looseness as well because he's, um, he's a special character. He is indeed. He's, he's, been, he's been a guest on, on, uh, on the podcast as well. He has, so, yeah. Yeah, we need to get Dave on. Dave, I've been yeah. trying to corral Dave. Yeah. He'll be on soon. Come to the last sentence of the intro. Wow. 15 minutes in. Wow. Because, okay... A hundredth or something, anyway, because this is the Ned Bolting 100th episode I special. I literally only just understood why you were talking about tea and 100, uh, 100 grams and all that. Okay, because it's the hundredth episode. I, it was all beautifully, it's come very clear now. Yeah, that whole bit was meant to be read together, you know? That's <laughs> <laughs> all one bullet point. I think it's better, mate, and it's brilliant. Um, chat, improvise, improvise, roadbook fun. Is this where um, we do the Jira? Yeah, I think that's what kick off with the roadbook, I think. Yeah. Um, so Ned, yeah, you've been up to a lot, haven't you? Uh, it's been an intense. Year. It's been an intense year, as it has been for yourself. We were literally just before we started podding discussing. I think how tired we are. Yeah. Men of a certain age as well. Yeah. Men of a certain age, but um, yeah, it's been. There's been a. I mean, I think between us, we're probably on a similar sort of level of nights away in hotels. Yeah. This year, somewhere between a third and a half of our lives on the road this year. I think. And um, yeah, I'm kind of ready for a rest because there's been a lot of stuff bouncing around this year. Yeah. And the thing with yourself and uh, Leslie. Leslie. Is that a word? No. no. It's a Donald Trump uh, sort of word, isn't Lesley. it? Bigly. No, um, Leslie. Bigly. <laughs> Just less. Less. Yeah. Less so myself. Less so. Don't so. so. no. try too hard. Um, is the fact that when you're on the road doing something, let's say, for example, uh, the Giro or the Tour de France. Yes. Generally speaking, you just add another level of work for yourself, don't you? By weaving yeah. in generally a daily podcast, because I've seen it at first <laughs> yeah. hand. Um, yeah. Getting up really early and doing it. Mm. If I do a pod, which I generally do, it's a once a week affair or something. On a rest a day. Or, on a rest or, yeah, day. So, yeah. um, but you're, it's just to give an illustration, an illustration of how busy you are and how much it is and how nice it is now to get to get back home for a, a sustained period of yeah. time. Yeah. But one of the things that you were doing and have been doing over the last couple of years during your time on the road, even in comms before we go on, on air, for example, is, and I've just slapped on a, a heavy tome, is yeah. write a lot of the meat and bones of the road. Yeah, so yeah. Just wanna... Well, yes, I mean, so, the, you know, one of the things that the road book does is um, that for, for all the world tour races, both men's and women's, um, there are... I think very not beautifully written reports that kind of sum it up, you know, varying in length. But for a grand tour stage, it's like four hundred words or something like that. Yeah. And because I'm at the Giro d'Italia, I I said, well, I'll write them. And we have a team of writers who who otherwise would pick up the slack and sort of like have been doing it for five years because it's our fifth edition. But, but the races that I'm at, it's no skin off my nose really to to be the person who writes those as well. It's fresh in my and, I'm, and nobody sitting at home has watched it in quite the detail that I have and you have. So I might as well do it. So in the morning uh, of a stage. I, you know, if, we, if we're about to commentate on stage 12, I'll just sit there and write, write the report at stage 11. Except sometimes I get trip trip over myself a bit, don't I? And I go, oh, I'm three days behind. And then I have, yeah. then that's a struggle because and we'll probably come to the point where we'll prove this quite soon. We, our, our, our short-term instant memory is very functioning. I don't think you can be a cycling commentator unless it's kind of like quite high functioning. Totally, yeah. But... but 
our medium to long-term memory is actually shot to pieces. So by the time stage 12 comes around, I have no recollection of what happened on stage nine. It's gone. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's, it, if I'm ever, similar to me, if I'm learning lines for a video or something like that, yeah. I, if I've learned them, I think I've delivered them right. And then I'm asked, oh, Matt, can you do that again? It's like, you can't no, do it. You can't I've, do it. I'm going to have to relearn them because they're completely and utterly deleted from a hard drive. Yeah. Um, but because you, you're so well-intentioned, uh, there's yeah. a real discipline in the uh, There's discipline all the way through. <laughs> this is me observing you. Right. But then get to stage seven, it's eight. ragged. And it starts to get ragged. And, you, and you're tired. Yeah. You know, you're fatigued. There's a, yeah. there's a, it's a joyous sort of fatigue, actually, because there's almost a if you, if you If we ever, I think, did a live <laughs> broadcast from inside the car... From the begin- the end of the stage to the next hotel, it's another world of what we get, what we talk to, what we get up to. Yeah, it's a weird state of beautiful yeah. delirium. I think yeah. admin, uh, a lot admin, of admin, is admin. Gets done. but then yeah. the following day, generally your routine, if you don't mind me saying, from from what I've observed, is we get into the booth hour and a half, two hours before, yeah. give yeah. ourselves a bit of time to set up. Yeah, buy some nonsense. coffee. Get yeah. some, buy some nonsense. Get some to the, the new word. Yeah, get some nonsense, which is basically. Haribo. Haribo crisps. Well, variations of Haribo, local regional variations. Yeah, like hooky Haribo. Yeah. I think it's a fair, it's yeah. a fair, fair way to put it. Um, but then you'll sit down um, and you'll turn your back to me. That's quite interesting. Do I? Yeah, but but, but your computer's <laughs> generally to that. I didn't mean that. I've yeah. said that before. I wasn't like accusing you. Wow. But what you're doing is you're, you're partitioning yourself off. Yeah, just. This is my time. <laughs> and then. <laughs> and then you time. It's like, me time. But occasionally <laughs> you'll. You'll turn, and I, I get, I, you may have done it, and I'm not there. I'm probably just mooching up, and I'd have gone for a ride in my Bromley. But and you'll say, "Oh, Matt, who was in that break? Who was or, in the break? Who yeah. was that? Or, yeah. oh, do, can you remember who got that King of the Mountains and then sat yeah. on or whatever it was?" And you'll ask for a little detail because you are to get to my very to get to the point. <laughs> you are writing the report for the road book you know, yeah. the day after it's happened, but then yeah. deeper into the race it slips, and then you have, and I've I've I've, I've seen the stress on your face. You. You get two or three stages yeah. behind, and then well, bringing up those memories. I think it's 350, 400 words is, is actually that's not much. I'm quite a fast writer, mm. but by the time if you double, double it, 15, 20 if, you, minutes, if you if you miss one day, you're doubling it, and also it's an 800. That's like writing a big column, and if you miss three days, that's like 1,200 words is a lot. I remember uh, I've offered you support in this because you said Matt, I'm three days behind, and you yeah. look you look at me, <laughs> and there's almost like this unspoken pleading in yeah. your eyes, yeah. as if I can somehow assist. And all uh, I can offer you is words of pl- little platitudes. Or maybe a coffee. We need a coffee. Look, Nick, yeah, I'll get you some, I'll get some nonsense and a, and a, and a, and a coffee uh, and an extra sugar. Or uh, then I'll, I may, I'll uh, maybe even like reach good. out and touch you on the shoulder. You're and say, very good. Very We're supportive. not too far from the rest day, mate. Yeah, just you know, breathe in. We, we're going to get there. So, and then somehow you catch up, don't you? So, joke, but joking apart, these one of the great, and I've really noticed this now. The road book is five years old. Actually, the first one being the twenty eight, sorry, twenty eighteen edition. That was yeah. a, that was our year of birth. Basically, it was the first year we did. And these reports that sit alongside the raw data, if you like, of each stage of the Grand Tour, each one day race in the World Tour, blah blah blah. When like. I shouldn't leave saying this because, you know, part of the thing here is to kind of like inspire people to buy the 2022 roadbook. But in my opinion, the 2022 roadbook, as beautiful as it is and as proud I am as it is, is the least interesting because it's just happened, right? Right, okay. And I picked up the 2018 roadbook recently and reread my introduction and reread, I'm just slightly flicking through it and rereading some of the reports from the Giro, from the Tour de France, yeah. from the. And, and honestly, it's only five years ago, but it feels like it's from another world. So the great strength of the roadbook is this nostalgia that happens quickly. You know, you, yeah. you basically you buy the road, but you put it on your shelf. You, it's like putting it on a, in a cellar, putting a good bottle of wine to go back to the off-licensing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and you don't reach for a can of Carlsberg. You reach yeah. instead for a you know beautifully matured um, Thanks, uh, Gigondas or something like that from 2018. And you pick that off the shelf and that's that's the way it works. It is, it is, it is a thing of beauty. I think it, it would fit actually very well uh, along alongside some nice vintage ports, for example. Exactly, because it's a, th- it is a thing of, it is a <laughs> no, thing it's of a beauty. Pleasurable object. Um, it, yeah. it's a, do you know how many words are in it? Has that ever been? Uh, no. Well, I know that my introduction this year was about twelve thousand words. So it's a wow. lot of writing. Well, but before um, we, but, before we test ourselves, well, yeah, perhaps, I'm, this is the bit we're nervous about. Yeah. Could you just, what? Why on earth? Do we have this? I mean, it reminds me of. It doesn't it doesn't remind me. It's very very similar to the almanacs, my the cricket almanacs. My grandfather's exactly what it is back yeah. in the nineteen eighties. His he had a library, um, and it was just full of cricket almanacs, yeah. and he was deeply into his cricket, and and it recorded every single match. And and this is is this yeah what, did that is that what it inspired it? I mean, it, it compl- takes back the, the the early seeds of what inspired it. Well, completely because the the cycling calendar, the road racing calendar, is a complete basket case, isn't it? And it should always remain a complete yeah. basket case. All these kind of like attempts to kind of make it into a coherent world series and all that. No, no, leave it as it is. It's beautiful, yeah. I think. You know, the way it drifts from the Belgian cobbles to the, you know, the it- Italian one-day races through those two week-long stage races that compete with one another in France and Italy. And then you enter Grand Tour season and, you know, May means May, July means July. And then the Vuelta does its mad stuff towards the end. That structure that makes no sense, makes perfect sense. But it needed someone just to kind of like, uh, you know, string it all together and bind it in a beautiful red cover forever yeah and, and and you know it's a it's a deeply profoundly analog production in, in a digital world yeah and that's its great strength because you browse you would never go for all the you know the wonders of websites like pro cycling stats that you and i use because they're brilliant as a yeah, tool very every helpful. single day yeah. and we'd be lost without them for all their Im- immense use you don't just settle down of an evening to browse pro cycling stats. No. Whereas you literally do that with this book. I find increasingly I'll take old volumes down and I, and I will just open them at random. And especially from 2018, a name will pop out. You'll just go, oh yeah. Because yeah. you can get like, and seriously, you know, that year, three the three Grand Tours were won by British riders. Yeah, of course. It's yeah, nuts. Yeah, yeah. Simon Yates. Blimey. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, won the Volta. So, you know, things move on. And then you just, a name will pop out. You go, I wonder what happened to him. And then you go to the team page where the team he's riding for, and you see all these names. That half of them have retired already, you know. And you end up just drifting through the book. You'd never do that digitally. You know, quite apart from the fact that some of the writing is exceptional. Blah, blah, blah. It's, it's a, I'm really proud of it. We should be. I, I'm really I, I, proud We've of had it. some long, long discussions um, about it. Yeah. And... Um, and, and the care and attention that you take. I, I think it's a, it's an overused phrase, but I think for you, and, and, there's, a, and there's a bigger team around as well, yeah. it is, it's quite literal labour of love, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a cot- a co- absolutely. It's a cottage industry that makes no money, um, but we're building, a, we're building something for the future and we're yeah. building something that honours the sport. When I first handed over the 2018 edition to F- Chris Froome, uh, and don't forget that was the year of his last Grand Tour win, you know, at the Giro, yeah. in such style, um, he picked it up and his first comment was, where are the others for all my other years? And I went, well, Chris, we had to start go. somewhere, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but wouldn't it be lovely to be able to magic like the entire history of the Tour de France up and you know, and and give it and give it this treatment, you know? So I'm very, I'm very proud of it, and it's I love how riders are waking up to it now and really, you know, appreciating it. And I, one of the things I try and do is get contemporary riders to write for this roadbook. So we've got Magnus Court, Matej Moric, Lorraine Vibers, all writing in this, um, including uh, Andre Greipel, who's recently retired, yep. Guillaume Martin, oh, yes. who wrote his account of racing yep. the, the Giro this year. So, you know, 
who loves it. Obviously, he loves it. It's going to—it's a very Guillaume Martin product, isn't it? Are we going to test each other then? I think we should. I, I just—I was hoping you were just going to spin this out no. a bit longer to avoid the inevitable. Uh, so this so, is going to work. Do you want right? to go first? So we were both rules. Yeah. We were both, as we said, working at the Giro d'Italia. Yes, right. We've both got terrible memories, <laughs> but we did watch every pedal stroke of every stage. We did. Right, except when I occasionally went out for a wee. Likewise, and likewise. Um, so that my theory is, we pick you pick a, a pick a stage, pick a number. Yep. I will then go to that relevant stage. It has to be between one and twenty-one. Yeah. And I will then look at the the, the twin pages of the roadbook that cover that particular stage. Yeah. And I will fish out a question that I feel is appropriately fair to ask. Okay. You, that is achievable and yet challenging. Yeah. So it's pick like, it's, it's like the ultimate quiz question, isn't it? Uh, yeah. The ultimate, it should be it should be challenging but ultimately achievable. Yes, uh, exactly. It's so gonna, it's, it's going to be perfectly graded. Yeah. So yeah. I'm again. I'm not going to pick stage one or stage twenty-one. Because although stage one I struggle with, um, I'm just going <laughs> to my lucky number. Go on. It was it was the shirt that Kenny Ogleish had. Yes, number seven. Seven. Number seven. Right, number seven. Number uh, seven. I really do not know where that started, where it finished, or who on earth won it. Well, so, <laughs> so, yeah, I think this is yeah. Here we go. There was a ferocious opening to a day of exceptionally difficult climbing into the southern Apennines as the race crossed from Calabria into Basilicata. That's not helpful, is it? That could be any stage of the Giro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just thinking, right, there were a lot of furious starts, weren't there? Let me have a look. Okay, there were... Ah, oh, okay. Okay, so who won the stage? Okay, okay. Quite a famous stage. The stage winner on this particular day. Okay. It was a day where I lost my running kit. And I had to go and buy oh. some running kit. Okay, right. Now that may help you or may not. But anyway, moving on. Oh. Right, there, was, there was the stage winner was supported in his efforts to win the stage by a former winner of the Giro d'Italia on that particular okay, day. Okay, so... Who, who, who was the former winner of the Giro d'Italia who turned himself inside out? Tom de Moulin. And who won the stage? It was the little Dutchman with the hair. With the hair? With the hair. Yes. He, he, this is good, this is good. I'll give you half a point. Won a stage of the Dauphiné a couple of years beforehand. Yeah. Um, it right. was surprising. He, he, um, and, and you managed to get your running kit from a... Uh, a big sports shop <laughs> yes. just just before it turned right up to the correct, track to the correct. line. It's a really steep climb uh, to the line. And we, we got our sandwiches. None of this is helping you get his name. No, but I'm thinking... Yeah. Kuhn Bowman. Kuhn Bowman. Four <laughs> marks. Kuhn Bowman, yeah. That's very oh, good. Mate, do you know what? Do you know what? Got it. What? Apart from, obviously, the, the, the Moulin thing yeah. and that amazing run into the oh, line. Oh, it's great. It was his last um, great day of racing, wasn't it? It, it, it was. It was his it, last... In fact, it was his only really impressive it performance was. on that on that last... It was a horrible little yeah. kick up, and I rode it on the on the Brompton. It was really quite steep, yeah. um, but it was it, where we bought the sandwich. I can remember the, I can remember yeah. the stall. I can remember that the lady behind serving us. She then swapped shifts with a bloke, and you did a little load of audio landscape of, for, of general for this pod of yeah. general Ita Italian. And there were lots of carabinieri in, in the bar, weren't there? That's right. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> you know what else there was? That was the first day we saw Italian cab. We did, and I, <laughs> yes, and then it was only later I got the courage to take a photo of Italian Cab, wasn't it? And you took I a did a long range. and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Italian Cab, <laughs> that's brilliant. Uh, but but this, this is captured within this book. Listen, right. I'll have one, uh, can you give me something from stage 17, please? Again, I have no idea what stage 17 was. No, I, I, I have so. yes, I'm just thumbing through, got stage 18, which in something was Borgo, Borgo 
most have gone to Treviso, but Treviso, oh, I know all about the Treviso and, state, uh, that's annoying. Okay, state 17 the Giro. 17. Bear in mind, sprint. Uh, I just need to look at who can my eyesight. Do you want to borrow my glasses? Yeah. yeah. Are these reading glasses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it works. Okay. <laughs> honestly, these work. Well, you're welcome to use them now and then okay. hand them back. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, weather on that particular day, yeah. Annette, just to yeah. set the scene yeah. for you. Uh, although we haven't set the scene. Can I guess? Can, can I guess what the temperature was? Go on. This isn't the main question. No. I'm just going to see if <laughs> I get lucky because it. it was a hot Giro d'Italia. The Treviso day, the next day, I remember that being particularly hot. I'm going to say it was in the high 20s. I think it was probably 27 degrees. It was 11 degrees. It was, wow! It was a chilly day. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. 11. But I think the fact that you were so wrong. Eleven. Yeah. It was raining. No. It was 11 degrees. And actually, there was, I remember this day, and that sounds cheesy, there was a lot of weather. That happened on this day. Crikey! Uh, Can't remember that. And at it, all. it started. It started with a sm small climb, a lot of downhill, then a peak, and then a horrible finish. Anyway, oh, I can remember this one. You were brilliant in commentary this day. Was that when the breakaway almost stayed away? Y oh, did it with a with a strong? They picked up a strong tailwind. They went over this climb in the middle of the stage. No, was that a different stage? That was the stage <laughs> that was one. By Dries de Bont. No, that was Treviso. That was, that the was next Treviso, day. was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this similar. But anyway, go on. What's so I'm, I'm, I'm going yeah. to ask you who. This is stage 17. No. Here comes the question. I'll tell you what, if, if I ask you yeah. one thing, mm. because, right, I'm going to ask you who came first and second on this stage, because you know. I know you know. Right. So who won it? Who came second? It started in Ponte di, di Legno and finished in Lavarone. Okay, the distance was 168 uh, k's. I'll read you the first couple of sentences just to set the scene. And these, Ned, are your words. Oh, God. Okay? Okay. A second day in the Dolomites featured an uncategorized climb of more than eight kilometers straight from the start in rain-battered Ponte di Legno. Once over the top of that, the road dropped down steadily for the next 71 kilometers in a chilling, wet descent that saw most of the peloton swaddled in numerous outer layers, gloves, and the occasional leg warmers. It really was bad that day. Hugh Carthy, active for the third successive day, worked harder than anyone to draw out a group over the top of the climb, which by the time they were Huge in the cough. long descent had swollen to 25 riders. What? But notably, Matthew van der Poel had made the selection. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Score. Ah, now van, this, is the, this is the day van der Poel tried to test his legs to see if he could actually climb. And he, ah, he, he was caught by Gees Leemreiser. And did did Lemreiser win the stage? Who won the stage and who came second? Here's your clue. Oh, did Lemreiser? He didn't win the stage, did he? So he was caught in turn by someone else. Did Lemreiser finish second? He did. He was caught and passed by. I oh, wasn't Chicone. It was no. Um, it was very late. I mean, um, okay. Jan Hurt was third, Carthy oh, was yeah, fourth. Yeah, 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 in yeah. fact, Van der Poel managed to hang on for 12th, which, which is incredible. incredible, yeah. Um, but it was. Um, Who was it? It was a good day for the Colombians. It was. It was. Um, it was. Oh, what's his name, Matt? What's his name? I'll give you his initials. Yeah. SB. SB? Yes. Yes. But, but, uh, but, not Botero, but, uh, but, 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 what's his name again? You're nearly there. But, 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 but,
Lame Razor and Santiago Butrago, they kind of made their, they forged their reputations at the yes, Giro, didn't they? they? Which did. always happens at the Giro. And, and there did, you go, that's how bad uh, my memory is. And in Santiago Butrago, yes, little Colombian. That was, yeah. the, I mean, because he had a very quiet tour, I mean, and then just emerged and then yeah, yeah, they yeah, took, yeah, that, completely. took that stage win. But um, serious minded individual here. Who, who was your joker rider for today's little game? Heis Limbrezer. Heis Limbrezer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, that was a great. I can, again, seriously, reading, uh, again, just reading that paragraph, Ned, brought it all back. I can see it all. Yeah. I can, it, it is. It's, and if, like you say, in three or four years' time, you'll It'll take be that better. Off. It'll be it even will, better. Yeah. It, you, it will just have matured and you'll yeah. be able to see it all again. And, and it's. So a, remember that Vanderpool, that late Vanderpool showing that kind of like, all right, can I, can I hold, how can I go on it? Because it's the first time he'd really raced a, a long climb. Yeah. His previous stage races, as far as I can recall, Terreno, he kind of like, as soon as the long climbs come, he just pulled the plug. Yeah. And he went, ah, it's not for me. This one, he just went. But he just thought, well, it? how's this going to go? Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting. He yeah. did that. Interesting days racing. I was, I was chatting to the management uh, the, the other week at uh, the Swift Academy that I was on when Van der Poel was there. And they and I was talking about why he rode the Giro in the way that he did. He mm. said, we just wanted him to ride in uncharted territory and see what he could do. Yeah. But they said the cost was the tour. tired for yeah, the tour. Yeah, yeah. No, I think he's, he's human, but he just rode. Them. Do you remember that day at the tour where he abandoned? Yes, and, and but but just before they did, he did abandon him and Wabanat attacked off the front. <laughs> yeah, do you remember? Yeah. Just because. Oh, let's just go together. Brilliant. Um, I enjoyed that bit. That was good. I, I, I that's good I, game. That it's, it's a it's a kind of new feature. I think we should. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe we just have take the road. I just, yeah. I just really. I just really like it. Also, right. It, this is this is a shameless plug. Flipping well, buy it because it's gorgeous. Yeah. It is absolutely gorgeous. And um, yeah, it's so. Is it issue five now? This is, yeah, the fifth year. People, if they want, they can. They can actually buy the back the issue, although they're yeah. slowly running out, aren't they? But uh, you can still buy them if you want to. We will print. We'll print again if the demand there is there. We'll print but, again. Uh, but yeah, mate, it's it's an absolutely wonderful tone. Thank you for talking us. Well, thank you for testing me. I really yeah. enjoyed that actually. Santiago. Yes, Santiago Trago. Shocking. So. That was great. That was a road book. I'm still holding it. I'm just going to wait in front of the microphone to see if it changes these kind of air because it's it's so dense and heavy <laughs> that I'm sure it has its own gravity. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, quite possibly. Um, we believe that some of you folks, um, bless you, actually, because I did a really, really poor attempt at asking you to ring the the burner phone. How did you mess it up? What, what, so basically, we have a Sigma Sports burner phone. A what? Uh, a, like a, a oh, phone a burner phone for okay. deals. Right. Um, and it's just for questions. So rather than for deals, it's for questions. Yeah. Um, but I said leave a message. Burner phone sounds like a, an obscure rider from one of the kind of Portuguese <laughs> yes. pro, co pro Conti teams. It does not yeah. WD40 yeah. or whatever they're called. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. burner phone. He's yeah. got himself in the break again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, sorry. But, but I, I suggested quite wrongly that you leave a message on the burner phone, and it's an unmanned burner phone. So uh, basically, all you can do is send a text to it. Okay. Hello. I'd like to make a brief correction if I may. The mistake Matt made was he asked you lovely listeners to call our WhatsApp number. What he meant to ask you to do was to leave a voice note or send a text message to our WhatsApp number. Thank you and resume pod. Not a voice message. Okay. And that's why I think we've only got upwards. It, I think it's just under half, half of a half of a dozen of questions. <laughs> so we're just going to go into those now. That's uh, one possible explanation. The other is um, 
people just haven't engaged with it because it's not of in, uh, great interest to them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my beard. No, do you know what? <laughs> I never thought of it like that. But, uh, I, I, loved it. I loved the, the brutality of your honesty. Random email alert. Random WhatsApp message alert. Random voice note alert. It is time for a random letter, email, WhatsApp message, or voice note. So the first one, um, I think, is a question for Ned. Ah. Yo, I'm somebody called Tappy. So they're using yo, kind of festive. Yeah. Uh, Ned, may, may, Ned, may. If you could only ever rewatch one Tour de France from start to finish ever again, uh, but a bit like Groundhog Day, this is all you can watch. Ooh, which would it be and why? Cheers from Tappy. Thank you, Tappy. £50 will be on the way very soon, so please get in contact with your details. Crikey. So, Ned, good question. It is a really good question, isn't it? I mean, what springs to mind straight away? I think some of those... Some of those... In 2004, the Vuckler stage, when he hung on at Plateau de Bay... That was that was laced with drama and tension, wasn't it? Um, it wouldn't be that. Um, okay. Two thousand fast forward, two thousand nine. How about the crosswinds into La Grande Motte, when Armstrong ripped it all up and Cavendish won from a select yep. group, and Armstrong dropped Alberto Contador and didn't go back and wait for him. That was pretty special. Oh, you put a minute and a half into this, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, that that was this is just straight off the top of my head. Um, what about? Again, it springs to mind. It was a, a, an intriguing day in the when the race finished in 2011 at the top of the Galibier. Who won the stage? I think Schleck won the stage. Oh, was that that famous battle with Schleck won the stage? Vuckler finished somewhere behind him and just about hung on to the. Yeah. I don't know if Tommy Vuckler gets mentioned twice in this. Yeah. Um, just about hung on to the yellow jersey with the time trial still to come. Jersey fully unzipped, weaving from side to side, wasn't he? I remember it. Yeah. Uh, but Schleck, Schleck had put a load of time into Cadell Evans, but Evans had limited his losses. Yeah. By He was totally isolated. He sat on the front of the group on that long headwind. I remember uh, that, yeah. On the foothills of the, the Galibier and, and just about defended, you know, so that he could That'd actually... the Telegraph, the time trial Of the Telegraph. Of the Telegraph, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Of the Telegraph. But he was on the front the whole way yeah. up, wasn't he, at Evans? It was a valiant performance. Yeah. Um, and, uh, do you know, another interesting facet of that day was that Cavendish was in such a sizable group. The Gruppetto was vast that day. Um, it was so sizable that it was one of those days where they implemented the rule of, and they were way outside the time delay, but it was such a big group that they said, okay, everyone stays in. Strength in numbers. And I remember it, it, Cavendish was in green because he won the green jersey that year. And I remember interviewing him at the finish line and he said, but obviously I've lost my points. And I, like, it's the first time I'd ever encountered that rule. Yeah, of course. That you lose all your points in the classification. And I went, what? And I remember doing the live interview going, explain. So all of the points? Yeah. But then it, but then it got refilled because he won the green jersey. He did win. So the, the point was that Rojas had survived. Rojas was second in the green jersey competition, and he'd held on to his points. But then they fudged it again, and I think they just took away. I don't know. It I don't know just, what it was yeah, in the end. But it was kind of one that sort of. I think Cavendish kind of, thought at the end of that stage that he right. lost the green jersey. Right. Outright, but then they kind of like, yeah, no, it's one of them. But it wasn't even going to be that stage that oh, I watched so over and over again. There was another one that just sprang to mind. Oh yes. Now, I can't remember what the opening sort of four hours of this stage were like particularly, but the last three quarters of an hour of this stage were phenomenal. And it was the 2019 Tour de France. And it was stage whatever it was, three? Okay. Two? Two, three? And it was Mathieu van der Poel taking the yellow ah. jersey on the Mur de Bretagne. After being away? 
Uh, he'd been away. He got the bonus. Uh, yeah, well, he, well, but see, you say being away. He was in the he was in the main bunch. They hit them. They went over the Muir de Britannia twice. Yes. Van der Poel, in order to take the yellow jersey from Alaphilippe, yep. he had to, from Alaphilippe as well, not just from no one, but yep. from Alaphilippe, he had to take the bonus seconds at the first ascent of the Mur de Bretagne. Then he had to win the stage and take the next, and to take the bonifications at the line, and win with a gap. And, <laughs> and we know what happened. And he did it. Yeah. And it literally shouldn't have been possible. Yeah. And I remember when, when he attacked the first time up the Mur de you know, they hit the foot of the Mur de Bretagne, a short climb, isn't it? They hit, they hit the foot of the climb the first time around, and he just went, boom! And we went, oh, well, that's a shame, because he's not going to feature. He can't do that sort of effort. He can't repeat it. Oh, great. Well, he's picked up, you know, it keeps him in the frame maybe in the days to come for the yellow jersey, but he's no way he can back that up and do it again. And he did. Yeah. It was, honestly, I think that was the most it was exceptional. Quite, I think there was the... And then the added layer of emotion. Of his, of his grandfather. Of his grandfather. Of, yeah, yeah. Pulidor, of course. That, that it, was, it was powerful. It was uh, almost, what was that, 20, 2019? Before, yeah, I think so, yeah. Just before... Just before the just as the racing landscape shifted, really, wasn't it? Really, it was just the kind of the first twenty nineteen. It just everything changed from from that point onwards in terms of what we see now and the way that that racing is carried out. It's remarkably different. It's a completely so, a kind of turning point as well, I think. But uh, yeah. So Tappy, great question. Great, you managed to get question. about fifteen minutes out of Ned there. Absolutely great. Hi, me again. Something else Matt should have made clear. To celebrate our 100th episode of the podcast, we ran a competition. The best three questions or comments would receive a £50 voucher for sigmasports.com. Congratulations to our winners. Um, next up is this... Hi, Matt and Niall. Um, congratulations on 100 pod episodes. This isn't a question, but while you and Ned are together, I'd like to thank you both for your great podcast. Matt for the fantastic YouTube content and interviewing the various shows. Ned for the road book uh, and other writing too. The brilliant and funny Tour de Ned oh, show. That's very kind. Oh, I listen, read, and learn from it all. That's really lovely. So, massive thank you. Keep up the great work and Merry Christmas from Simon Broads, Brawns from Barnet in North London. Simon. Yeah, that's really. That's, that's, that's Merry Christmas, yeah, Simon. Merry Christmas. That's lovely. Yeah. And it's 50 quid winging at your words. Yeah. It, it is, Ned, it is. <coughs> people. People. Generally, kind, aren't they? You know, yeah. it's uh, generally speaking, when somebody takes the time to come up to you at various events yeah. that that we're at, yeah. it's quite uh, quite often you, you get quite a lot of people depending on the event. But then generally, people are just good, aren't they? You yeah, know? No, and, and, no, and it's a little reminder of yeah. we we tell stories, we convey, we, we we try and convey things with as much enthusiasm and emotion as knowledge as we can, and and it's our job, and it, it is it is. Lovely when people take the time to yeah. to speak like that, isn't it? It's yeah, and uh, you know, it, it, completely. I mean, you know, there's. A, I think there's a. You know, I come from a, the world of football reporting, which is a behemoth. You know, it's kind of colossal, a beast where you can very impersonal. But because cycling is still, despite its huge growth and its stature, it's a pretty small sport in this country. I think there's a genuine sense of community that yeah. you know, we, our audiences, for want of a better word, and Simon's, you know, great representative of that. I think that we share a certain kinship. And, and mutual respect and I think it's lovely no thank you thank it's, you it's in all about, yeah Merry Christmas to you too mate as well um, another one this is from um, again we're just changing the font colour oh, here we go it's the big reveal hey Matt and Ned yeah love both of you work together or apart generally your various platforms have helped grow my love and understanding of cycling this is just people years. being nice it is we have three grand tours oh I think there's a question at the end so right, uh, we have three grand tours do you ever think there will be the scope to increase that in time given the growth of the sport and the commercial side if so, where? Uh, all the best from Tom. Tom, thanks for getting in contact. 50 quid's coming your way. Thanks very much for the first bit. Good question, actually. 
Um, well, do you reckon? I mean, yes, on one hand, because I think that the um, the the three weeks of the Tour de France fam is a is a inevitability. It's a question of when and how yeah. quickly they'll grow it into that. Yeah. So you know, if you want to add that in as a fourth Grand Tour, then I think that will happen. Which it would, which it would be. It, yeah. it just would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. I think so. Um, I don't think there'll be another Grand Tour for men, and I don't think that there should be really. I mean, I think that uh, YMS again, and it comes down to what I feel about the. The disparate nature of the cycling calendar. I'm very fond of it the way it is. I don't really, you know, I know races come and go and they fail and they go bankrupt and then another one will pop up like that. What about that Spanish one day race that suddenly appeared out of nowhere this year um, that featured the, the extensive oh, the, gravel, the gravel, the gravel near the start of the year? Yeah, yeah. That's instantly a classic, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so no, I, I like I like it, yeah. the fact that you know around the margins things change, but the yeah. the, the main the main fixed points in the calendar, you know, opening weekend, Holy Week. Milan San Remo Strada Bianchi which is relatively new yep. and then the three Grand Tours and Lombardia and the Worlds at the end that, those sort of touch those keystones for me don't mess with them and I can't see space for another I, I, I can't, what do you think? I, I, I totally agree with you I, I do agree and I think apart from that that Spanish gravel race you talked about which we don't incidentally know don't know the name of but was also crazily hilly there's some of the, the gradients they were climbing oh, oh, it'll be in the road book yeah. we, have a, we have a reference book uh, <laughs> so while I just echo essentially Ned's sentiment about that I don't think there's the desire for another three week uh, Grand Tour either I think the countries that do that are heavily involved in cycling yeah. already have week long tours we've got the Tour of Britain of course um, over, over the years there's been different attempts at not so much a tour. I think the US could be quite an interesting one, but it's just too big. I think you I'd like to see the return of the Tour of California, for example. Um, but I don't think there's the desire with, no. with even within global cycling. I think that you've got the the Giro, the Tour, and the Vuelta, and I think that's enough. I think in our lifetime, Ned, I don't think there's there's the desire for it um, within the structure of the sport that we've got, apart from a, a women's um, three week Grand Tour. I think you're quite right. So. Tom, yeah. thank you very much. Can't Ned, do you have? I don't. I can't remember. It might have even <clears> been in March. It was quite early in the yeah. year that race, yeah. wasn't it? Um, thank you very much indeed, Tom. Well, that well, well, thank you very much. I'm just scrolling down to see if there's any more. Actually, while I'm on it, if you want to get in touch with a podcast, you can do it. Um, podcast at sigmasports.com, pretty straightforward. Uh, or you can leave a message or a voice note on our WhatsApp number. Just to clarify, it's plus four four seven 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 eight three two. Three, two, six, eight. Should we do that again and, and then alternate? You could do, you know, where the okay. breaks are. We do just to mix it up a bit. That number again is plus four, four, seven, 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 eight, three, two, thirty-two, six, eight. There you go. That's, That's quite nice. Well, fancy doing again. We can always do it. Oh, <laughs> that was really quite nice. Yeah. Um, so, Ned. Yeah. Roadbook talk. Actually, that little that last question from Tom. I think it was Tom, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was Tom. Tom. Yeah. Um, talking about the Grand Tours. Mm. Um, there's a your first Grand Tour. You've written about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> your your one man tour this year, which I saw in Loughborough, which blew me away. Actually, Ned. Oh. I, uh, <laughs> I was I, I left with Holly and a, and a friend of ours, David, who 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 came with us, and we were looking at it. So I thought that that was good. And I thought. Yeah, it was not just good. It was really, really good. Thanks, Matt. Uh, and I, I, I <laughs> thought you. I knew what what to expect, but I didn't realise, uh, Ned, and then I should have because you've trod the boards before. Wow! Uh, okay. That you 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 owned it, and, and it was it, two distinct halves. Yeah, use a football analogy, um, which I thought. <coughs> so, can you just tell us 
how you, how what, what the whole missed. thing came. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, no, how yeah. it came about in the first place. You've done it for several. You've done it for a few years now. Yeah, and yeah. obviously. And, well, I've and, done different shows. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a new show. But you've done a one-man show, yeah. and, and yeah. You've, you've, you've play, you're selling out places like the Lowry, for example, yeah. just to give people a sense of, of the audiences that, 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 you're, yeah. that you're performing to. And it is a performance. Um, and it's just you with, it, yeah. a, 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 with a, a interesting, modest, yet funny set. And um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what you're going to do next year. I'd imagine you're going to do something. So I'd urge people, whenever Ned drops tickets, please get them and go, because you're going to be entertained. And, and also... You're going to learn stuff because yeah because this year was about the Tour de France, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and then and then, it's funny and then the modern actually. tour. But so it's, okay, that's such a nebulous question. You know what I mean? Where does it all start? And, oh, and, and such how do you a put weird it pro- it's such a weird process. I knew, generally speaking, with this year's show that I wanted to, like you say, I wanted to talk about the history of the Tour de France in the first half and in the second half because it was such a special edition of the race. Kind of concentrate on what we all enjoyed. Yeah. 2022, particularly the rivalry between Pogacar and, and Vingegaard and the contribution of White Van Aert. That I got that singled out. I got singled out for particular attention in, in my show because I just think he's an absurd, oh, just, ca- an absurd character. Yeah. Um, in the best sense of the word, oh, a, a complete yeah. anomaly. Yeah. Um, so that was a lot of fun, I hope. Um, so, so I always knew that that would be the structure, but then I had to kind of like come up with the ideas and. You've seen the show. There are there's a lot of music, a lot of imagery, a lot of lighting changes, a little bit of set, some costume that was quite there's problematic. A lot of nods to theatre and cinema as well in there, as well. Almost seeing yeah. the rain bit that expects to come up. Yeah, you know, there's, and there's kind of little bits where it lapses into stand up, and there's kind of like a, a, a microphone on the. So I kind of use a microphone on a stand occasionally, and then it does become a bit more stand up comedy yep. sort of that thing. And so there's lots of different elements to it. But honestly, Matt, like unlike writing the road book or writing my other books that I work on or totally unlike commentating which yep. is very you know you and I love doing it and get, get pleasure and pride in doing it but there's a certain structure to it we yep. kind of we know how to approach our work and anyway it's dictated by what happens in the yep. race you know we are we are secondary to what that, that's our job yeah whereas with, with this it's like there's no process other than going for long walks and having mad ideas and thinking and you can't write it down really so you come home and you go, lobster, just so you don't forget about lobster. But in your mind, the whole thing with the lobster is just germinating and you've got no idea whether it's going to land with an audience until you get up on stage and, and do it, you know. The lobster being um, a nod to Belle Epoque Paris, which I transformed Loughborough Town Hall into. You did? You did a cracking job. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 uh, set, the, the sets were amazing. And, yeah. and, and I remember you, t- I think it was at the Giro, when you the probably had no idea what I was going to do back you, in you, May, you, you I really were, didn't. You were quite. I mean, we talk about you. Obviously, you, you were doing the Juro long shit. We were doing kind of yeah. six, seven hours a day just Mega doing that shifts, job. Yeah. Then you're writing the road book, and then you were hoping to do something for for your tour. Yeah. And as the race went on, and the the conversation shifted in the car, I was like, man, I've done. I've not done anything for my one yeah. man but, but I will and I said and again I, I was like an we agony uncle. Like, like, I said yeah. Yeah, you, Ned you're going to be fine I believe in you you're absolutely you're going to nail this and, and, and you had nothing at yeah. that point yeah. so you had a relatively short period of time yeah. to nail this together that was yeah. did the stress of that because it, it would it would have been stressful. It was the most it? stressful thing I've done did that do you think that yeah. enhanced your ability to deliver something like, like you did or do you think you could do better? Because it's quite because I find deadlines help me with with anything yeah. I do. It's like I, Matt, I'll, and I, I generally get it across the line. Yeah. But how did that narrow time frame, relatively narrow time frame, affect you? 
I think um, I think you and I are quite similar in that regard. We make our deadlines, we make it work um, somehow. But this was hard. I mean, this was really stress. This was really stressful because it's a big show. <laughs> it's a big show. It's a lot. You know, it's essentially close to two hours of yep. just of stuff. Um, uh, the last quarter of an hour of which is kind of replying spontaneously to questions on like, like we've just done actually yeah. here. Um, anyway, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It'd been years since I'd toured because of COVID. So it's four years of not touring. Is that right? Three, three years possibly. Um, so I'd kind of forgotten that the process and how it might work. So it was a real journey of discovery again. But I'm very proud of it in a sense. I mean, in as much as you can be proud of being a middle-aged man walking onto stage with no trousers on simply to get a Yes, because uh, that's you know, one thing I didn't pants. expect. I didn't expect that. Yeah, but it got a laugh, didn't it? So... <sighs> But you did have one of those. Work- <laughs> you, it did get a very big laugh, but, uh, and no. I, I, I did look at Holly, and we just, I just like, a big smile on my face. Like, I did not expect that as an opener. And you yeah. didn't, well, you didn't put trousers on for a good five or six, seven, yeah, just ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. But luckily, it was one of those work, one of those shirts. Oh uh, yeah, that it's very back carefully. in the seventies. Yeah, you'd wear to art that your dad had for work, That's and you'd exactly end up. Right. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Slightly longer, so it kind Almost of down you know, to the knee. It yeah. was it was long, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. lots of tucking in involved. When your yeah. dad used to go to work in a shirt like that back in '76, <laughs> for example, and when he got slightly dirty around the collar, was that was your art shirt. Wasn't it was it? a genuine kind of Edwardian shirt, white shirt, right? With very long tails. Yeah. You know. um, but also, what I discovered is is um, the way used to, they used to make shirts. Like I said, my shirt, your shirt that we're wearing now, it's quite fitted to. No, yes. it comes to a halt. The cuff comes to a halt it's quite at, the wrist, yeah, at yeah. the wrist. At the wrist. Yep. You know, because it's a medium, probably a medium size. Yeah. And we're both quite medium-sized people. But these, the way they used to make shirts back in the day was that the sleeves could overshoot your fingers by a good six inches. And that was just how they made shirts because they didn't tailor make them in different sizes. So it was one size fits all, literally. Right, okay. And so they had to make them super long. And then what you would do is then is you'd ruck them up and you'd use those little... Um, Thingies, those little. Uh, I wonder what they were. Yeah, and that would just shorten it to whatever length you required. I thought only croupiers so, wore those. That, no, they were standard right. back in the day. Unless <laughs> right. you were rich enough to afford to have tailor-made shirts and stuff around, then they would be yeah. bespoke to your arm length. And generally, uh, there would there'd be an extra foot of just cuff that you had to fold back as well. Yeah, wouldn't yeah, there? yeah there's there's really but, there's, but I quite enjoyed that. So I used to have to wear. I can say all this now because that's not a spoiler yeah. because I'm not doing that no. show ever again. But I walked. On, I walked on stage. For, Odd reasons in my pants wearing this shirt. I said Wardian <laughs> shirt, and then I became slowly. I, I put on the costume of, of Henri de Grange and, and, right. and the founder of the Tour de France, and that, that was my justification: straw boater and a, and a stick, and I kind of swanned around Paris, telling the story of how the tour was born. But it, my routine in that you saw the dressing room in the backstage at Loughborough. That was quite standard. You know, mm. You're locked away there with a little tannoy that is relaying the sound of the auditorium filling up. And your nerves would kind of gather and gather. You spend an hour getting ready. For, and honestly, that was it was terrifying. Every it was. night it was terrifying. But it was. But because the costume was quite Edwardian, um, I would have a good fifteen minutes of fumbling to get the um, the studs in. I had studs down the front, and I had like um, cufflinks that were really quite hard to get right and everything. Right. And so, so there's a lot of take your mind off it. A lot of faffing around with the costume that I quite enjoyed that whole process. I quite miss it actually. It's so <laughs> so it because it was. One of one of my favourite shows back in the day, not mm. back in the day, only of the last decade or so, 15 years, a program called Horrible Histories. Yeah, brilliant. Which I hope to love. But they're, they're, and they're big fans of Python. And I used to love it because they were funny and also you learn a lot. Yeah. And you're the opening first half of the, of the show. Yeah. And I, again, mentioned it to Holly afterwards, reminded me of, of the punch of Horrible Histories, like very, very funny. Um, 
but and maybe then, dropping in stuff you didn't know yeah yeah but yeah. just full of like really really interesting facts so it was it was both entertaining entertaining and funny and a lot of it's actually stuck as well please don't ask me now but a lot of it <laughs> and a lot of it I, I did I did know but the majority I didn't there is some interesting stuff there isn't it like yeah. like Desgranges experiment with um running the Tour de France as every stage is a team time trial yeah which, I didn't, which I didn't endured for years in the 1930s and then and then abandoning trade teams so through the 30s, the 40s, 50s, and well, into the yeah. late 60s, it was national teams, which yeah. I think people know, but they don't maybe know that, you know, half of the history of the I don't think a lot of people know that. There's, there's a lot of you know, newcomers. So, so Anquetil, for example, when he was winning, he was running for France, you know, initially in the 50s when he won his first stage in, um, his first victory in 57, you know, as a French national team. It's, it is, it, there was, yeah, I did try and kind of drop in a few facts into the, into the, into the, uh, but it, the flow of it all, but you it's, know. So the the craft, I mean, I've I've seen so again. I think you showed me these on your phone at the Giro <laughs> this year, and it was pictures of you in Germany. Was it? Uh, was yeah, it, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. On stage because yeah. again, I I I know you've been on a pod before, and I can't remember if we talked about your um your your time in Germany. You're fl- you're a fluent German speaker. You were yeah. educated for in part in Germany uh, and a country that you're very very fond of. Yeah. Um, and you you trod the boards there, so you yeah. do have and. It was only then this confidence that you had. I was like, okay, yeah, ah, right. I can't, there was a real, a real confidence. I mean, and you clearly take a not just pride in it, but a real joy in it. Because yeah. how did you actually piece together this this particular show then? Because there's you you don't refer to anything. You are literally yeah. It's just there, there. Yeah. And then it's you can't even go off and have a look at lions. You're literally on your own. Yeah. There's no. There's no, no place to hide. At no, all. there's no place to hide. And, yeah. and I yeah. and I noticed this. Like I, he, he knows this. This is you know. I mean, I'd imagine there's little oh, yeah. differences each show. But oh, yeah, essentially, yeah. you you know it all, and it yeah. was just on point. It was it was. I think You've it was got to, You've got to be quite ruthless with material that doesn't really land, and you, you know that's quite hard at first because you you do it two or three times. You think you can't just abandon stuff straight away. Yeah. But I did 28 shows plus 29 if you include a preview night. So you kind of give you give the bad jokes two or three chances. And then you have to just go and write that's out in it. And then, but other stuff always, always happens spontaneously that you then either, either just, you enjoy the spontaneous fact that it's just happened that night and leave it and move on. Yep. Or you go, actually, I think I can use that. And then that, that gets built into the show. And it, so it morphs, you know, endlessly kind of like as it, as it goes. And that's a great pleasure. And in fact, sometimes, sometimes, because it does become a bit of a routine. I was doing six shows back to back sometimes in different, cities so you um you find yourself almost saying this exactly the same thing word for word and that becomes quite dangerous because then it feels like you're reading a script right. so you actually have to i develop i mean everyone works differently but i develop techniques where i actually kind of deliberately unsi- unsettle myself by saying something quite deliberately different and there's clearly my, con- some things that are quite just by the reactions of the audience are quite spontaneous you can tell that yeah well. yeah, yeah. yeah 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 and people love that people pick up on that vibe yeah when, especially you know that when, especially when things go slightly wrong, and that always works, and it's just oh, look, it was it was touching. Ten thousand people came to see it. You know, it's nuts. It's, it is nuts. Yeah, it's generally and in a, in a recession. Yeah, you know, people have got twenty five quid just to throw away, plus baby, you know, babysitter and a taxi and all that. I was genuinely blown away by and like like we the vibe we've just got from these lovely comments that you just read out. You know, it it, it and I was, I was I'm very just, grateful. I'm yeah, really grateful. no, and I and you said that very point. Um, in Never Strays Far, uh, you said, you know, I've got some more. I think it was either at the end of the run or just you had a couple more shows to go. 
you're chatting to, to Dave and Pete about it. And you, you said that point um, then. And yeah. But I, I think, and, and you're quite right, but also one thing that's in, enormously important to us to us all, I, I, I can speak for myself, but I think, I think I'm right, is we... We like to be told stories, and, and we yeah. we like to be entertained. We like to be, we like people to make us smile, you know. Yeah. And and fundamentally, even through bad times, you, you could argue yeah. that something like that is ever more important. Yeah. You, you, but to I counter you, that I think, argument, I, think, but I, know, I know what you mean. It's I not, think you and I do. You know, I think you've got very similar outlets for you know. If if commentary is our day job, then then what we do outside with our mad little projects is the yeah. kind of like the 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 letting off steam bit, the alter totally, ego, you yeah. know, and and that I think is a really healthy balance. It's like a little safety valve, because you have to you have to be quite commentary. Yes, you can you can kick back, and I think we both have a relatively relaxed commentary style. Yeah, but um, nonetheless, we're there to do a pretty serious job. I think you know, and, and certainly a respectful job. Yeah. Whereas you know, there's a lot of there's a lot about the absurdity of of this sport that is the shouldn't be ignored. <laughs> it's, it's oh great no, no, people find endlessly amusing because it doesn't make sense yeah it's sometimes so funny isn't it the absurdity of it i was thinking about that today when i saw or yesterday and i saw quick stepper uh, down in calpe at the moment aren't they yep. like all the teams are doing their december training camps and um and they posted a picture of julian alaphilippe and remco even off for a ride around calpe in december and i just thought this is a nonsense. This sport is a, you know, can they really be looking forward to this? Can they, can those great stars be thinking anything other than what, you know, like really? And it was grey and it looked quite cold and yeah. it was just, you know, and it's, it's just, it's a, it's just such a strange sport. And I don't, and I just don't think there's a comparable sport where it's as, I don't think there's anything quite like it. No. I, um, I'm not making this point very well, but I'm just trying, it's like just riding a bike, isn't it? Yeah, and it's just riding a bike. And also, I think looking at it now as somebody that rode, that only from yeah. that singular perspective of somebody that did ride and generally speaking was in pain most of the time because training to go faster hurts. That's I the point. do not miss it one bit. <laughs> it, no, I, and I'm, I, I enjoy riding my bike more than I ever have, but I don't miss racing. Yeah. But I love talking about racing and I do... I. I Especially through the lens of social media, it's all like it's all like people having great fun, which is fine. But ultimately, this is a brutal sport. Yeah. The level that it's at now, yeah. as we alluded to fifteen minutes ago, and this new way of racing and and this new enhanced way of training, this the physiology that we're now finally unlocking, you know, um, and therefore it's even harder to stay at the top level. We yeah. were talking about in the, in the pub around the corner about some young riders who are. At burnout or or burnt out for various reasons. Yeah, um, it is an incredibly, it's a, it's a sport of extremes. It really really yeah. is, and 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 the fact that we are, you've got a one man show. I've got an alter ego who hasn't emerged. He's still on the canal somewhere. Oh, I've, got a, I've got What's a podcast. I go, I ride my bike and chat to people within the sport and basically have fun and people consume it and it, it earns me a living. Yeah, it is 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 incredible. Yeah, uh, and and it is. I think cycling has one of the most dysfunctional business models in in in, in professional sports. <laughs> yes. Yet we're here. We are yeah, yeah. in a very small hotel room. In a small, in a ridiculously small hotel room, which yeah. we will actually, uh, by way of reversing the normal format of this podcast, I'll get you to describe as a closer okay. rather than the opener. Yeah. And then you you've got the road book, you know, yeah. and it's because we we bloody love it. Yeah, it's true. don't we? Yeah. We, we do uh, with all its its idiosyncrasies and yeah. foibles. It is a it's a strange, strange sport, but yeah. we're kind of in love with it, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, 
yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, there'll, there'll come a time. There will come a time where I mean, it might be sooner rather than later where I'm not. I'm not required to go to the Tour de France again, and it's going to be very odd when that happens. But it'll happen at some point. You know, yeah, I'm going to no. go. And you know, I say the Tour de France because it just sits centre stage. Yeah, no, no, no. If we're honest, oh, totally. But, um, yeah, it's been part of my life. Part of my life. Man. So. I haven't really asked you any questions, but I'm going to ask you one to wrap things okay. up before I ask you to describe the hotel room. Yeah. Have you any idea what your show's going to look like next year? No. Have you any no, 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 idea? No, 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 no. <laughs> you're, you're, you're looking at no, the floor and rubbing your stressful questions. I'm giving a second thought, Matt. No, no, no. No. So no. Should, we, should we leave that till stage 21 of the Giro or even <laughs> or even our pizza after the final stage? Yeah. And maybe that will start to when come in. When does the Giro finish next year? Rome! No. Roma, it does. We've got the absurd oh, transfer, haven't we? It's, from, um, it's, seven, it's six or seven hours. No, that's going to be bad, it's, isn't it? It's, yeah. it, again. For, are you going to do first shift or second it's shift? It's silly. Uh, There's going to be a fight to do the first shift, so isn't we, it? We'll have to see. Because <laughs> we won't. We're going to have yeah, to figure, we, we, We're, we're, we're have quite to democratic, aren't we? Yeah, we might have to But top. with flexibility. Yeah. Arm yeah. wrestle? Arm wrestle, um, possibly. Can you imagine, imagine that? <laughs> Christ, I, I don't know. It's difficult to know who'd win, isn't it? Because we, oh, I mean, you, you'd win. You're, you're, an athlete. you're an athlete. No, Matt. you're an athlete. No, that time when at, at the um, at the at, remember the, those <laughs> those games years ago that um, Nick Hussey pulled together. Yeah, and and I was Kenny, and you were just yeah. Ned. Yeah, and and you beat me. Well, you beat you beat Kenny, and basically Kenny at that point was Matt. At what? Uh, Roller Palooza. I did you not stuck beat. about three seconds into me. Honestly, I did not beat you. I, I was. You beat me. Oh, wow. 30 I'll seconds. We twatted it for 30 seconds and you put three seconds into me. <laughs> put three seconds. You did. <laughs> and I, was, I did actually get onto that. This is like seven years ago. Yeah, I, did, uh, yeah. I remember the event. I don't remember. Yeah, I, and uh, we, that we did a roll of blues. a significant sporting success on my, I might put it on my Wikipedia page. I think you'd better put that in your Twitter bio at least yeah, or, yeah. or get some, maybe someone's yeah. updating it as we speak <laughs> in a couple of days' time when this goes out. <laughs> anyway, Ned, to wrap things up, yeah. it, it, thank you so much. That's and also thank you for putting up with this location. Yeah. But actually, do you know what? It's been all right, isn't it? Yeah. So by way of beginning and ending the pod, yeah. can you just describe the lo- uh, for the people that are listening where we are um, and what you can see immediately around you? <laughs> Well, it's like being inside a, a, a conventional um, loaf of farmhouse bread. <laughs> and it's about the same size, the same sort of dimensions. But this is a loaf of farmhouse bread hollowed out to accommodate a, a, a bed. Um, and uh, a, 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 you've got a table area. And obviously, I'm sitting on um, uh, this 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 buffet. <laughs> um, and it's also, there are, there is a window, but it doesn't feel like there's a window because essentially you're looking out into a fire escape sort of area. So it feels like you're in um, Tokyo inside a loaf of bread with an illuminated um, kind of dado rail towards the top and a very a complex ceiling. Um, I wouldn't say it's luxurious, but it clearly is. I think you're on a budget. It, yeah, it, it, I mean, I think think we're, we're right smack bang in the middle of Soho, and it's not cheap. So when, when I'm paying my own way, I go budget. I go budget. Fair enough. But it it's got flat screen telly, yeah, lockable doors, lockable doors, and and there's there's also has it got uh, a hairdryer? Uh, yeah, there's a hairdryer. Have you done the review? Yet? I've not done a review. Uh, we'll see if I can get a commercial arrangement. Actually, so I can get like ten percent off my next one, and I'll, I'll maybe do one for them. Nice. But um, uh, on that note, by the uh, way, well, that's one thing I won't miss. <laughs> From from traveling around Italy with you at the Giro d'Italia, sometimes our rooms uh, sometimes our rooms are in different parts of the hotel. <laughs> More often than not, though, our rooms are next door, cheap by jowl, and we'll we'll you know, come in after a long drive, like go sit just sit down in the restaurant for a bit or whatever, you know, and then in a bit dump our bags, and then within seconds, all I can hear from next door is. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> the hair dryer. Oh no, and the so, thing is, sometimes I'll get it in a wanna. Yeah, 
Oh no! Or other times, one time you had to do seven takes. And then so then the net always thing is, it's a, it's a good way of of you getting the first round in at the bar. That's true. Generally, I go down yeah. and you and you like you look at me like, oh sorry, Ned, you've done your hair really, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, generally Ned gets in the first beer or wines because we moved on to wine this year. Yeah, expensive, quite, quite expensive as well. We, yeah, we might have a little word with RCS if we can get a wine sponsor. Yeah, uh, in Per Region. But anyway, Ned. Yeah. Thank you for for meeting me today. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for uh, co-hosting and being the guest on episode one hundred. Absolutely, it means a lot. Yeah. It mean, means a lot. Yeah. Honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure. Gentle. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing you later in the year because we've got a lot of work together in 2023. Yep. Um, First race we're doing probably is Milan San Remo. I think it will be. Yep. Yeah, Milan San Remo. And who's um, going to win that? Who knows? That's who a beautiful thing. Who knows? Who knows? Jasper Philipson said he was going to concentrate on it this year. Can't see that. He got dropped straight away when he on the podium. Not having that. I'm not. I mean, no, I'm not having that. I'm not having that. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, if you think you do know, get in touch. Uh, thanks to Perry out Gwyneth for podcast theme tune and thanks to you for listening yeah. he's great isn't he yeah. don't forget to like follow and rate the pod and maybe give that little review if you feel like it or even if you don't feel like it yeah actually should we order, order people to <laughs> yeah. please no just do no, a review just do, do a review, review. Um, do you want to do that bit Ned and why not recommend it to your cycling buddies too okay if you want to get in touch with the podcast please do our email address is podcast at sigmasports.com or you can leave a message or a voice note on our WhatsApp burner phone number, which is... Plus 44-777-832-3268. That's plus 44-777-832-3268. Uh, and finally, a massive thanks again to Ned for joining us on the special podcast today. Cheers all. Stay safe. And goodbye. <laughs> oh, mate.